Hello there, boxing fans around the world. Thank you for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News Today. I'm going to start the show off uh, with something a little left of center, something that I don't usually do, but I'll make a comment on the Josh Taylor situation. Uh, Josh Taylor, as you know, was stripped of his uh, title by the WBA, uh, who are today uh, talking to uh, their top six contenders uh, to find an appropriate solution. Uh, Josh Taylor, basically, who's fighting currently or was fighting at 140 pounds. He's looking to move up to 147. Uh, what's that? Super lightweight division, I think. And the point of the matter is, is uh, he, uh, because he's looking to move up, he's not really seriously interested in uh, their number one contender at WBA level, which is, uh, please, what's his name? Alberto, Alberto, Alberto Puello. Okay. He is uh, their number one contender, and uh, so Josh Taylor basically didn't want to negotiate for that fight, which I think was being offered at him for 100000 bucks, roughly around there. So, I mean, you've got Alberto Puello, Ismael Barrasso, Hara Davis, Sandor Martin, Regis Progress, and Batter Atamiyov. Realistically, Regis Progress may be the top of that group of talent, if you want. But the one name that jumps out, that surprises me, that they've left off in that conversation is Jack Catterall. As you know, Jack Catterall and Josh Taylor went toe-to-toe. It's a hard-fought battle, and uh, the decision was given to uh, Josh Taylor. So I was kind of surprised to see when the list came out uh, as to who would be meeting with the WBA uh, to find their solution uh, that Jack Catterall was not mentioned. I just want to read a quick little quote here. Each team will have 15 minutes. This is today. Each team will have 15 minutes to present its case with no time extension. The panel will then have five minutes after each presentation to ask questions, and after time deliberation on each case, will present its opinion to President Mendoza, who have the final decision. Kind of a weird way of working around a solution, but uh, anyway, that's the WBA, and that's the update on Josh Taylor, who we look forward to fighting at 147. Elsewhere in the world, let's have a quick look here at uh, York Hall, London, England, on the 20th of May. That's uh, this Friday, I believe. Brad, Brad Foster reckons he could be up against the best super bantamweight in Europe on Friday when he takes on Ionet Baluta with the WBC international title at stake. So Foster returns to York Hall, seeing his memorable doubleheader against Lucian Reed, bidding to get back at the winning track after parting uh, from his British Commonwealth IBF international belts and his challenge for the European title held by Jason Cunningham in October of last year. Despite firmly believing he should now be proud of four belts, Foster was denied on the cards and now gets ready to jump straight back in the deep end against Madrid-based Romanian, who is a genuine force with previous uh, in upsetting the home favorite. He's a very good fighter, probably the best in Europe, to be honest, assessed Foster, who insists he gave no, no thought in returning to the fighting fold with an eight-round workout. Nah, because that is easy, isn't it? It was easy to do an eight-rounder and just beat up some. I'd, I'd rather have a fight that actually means something and take a bit of a risk. That's how you get recognized in this game, taking risks. So, uh, incredibly, for one so young, at the age of 24, Foster is entering into his ninth straight title fight, with five of them being a uh, full 12-round distance. And he now goes over uh, a 10-rounder against Baluda and promises a proper battle at Bethnal Green. And that's at uh, York Hall in London. Oh, speaking of London, at the O2 Arena, uh, a day later, Craig, Craig Richards is going to take on Joshua Boatzi. I mentioned this yesterday and offered a few quotes from Boatzi. 
So now it's uh, Craig Richards' turn. Richards, 17-2 and two with 10 knockouts, is hunting down another crack at the WBA belt. He's already boxed for, and he bounced back from a slender defeat to champion Dimitri Bivol a year ago by stopping Marek Mitka in the, in the arena, uh, to Arena in October, to land the vacant WBA international belt. Spider knows that while he's boxed for a world title, this could be a big night at that event, with his fellow South Londoner touted as world champion in waiting since turning pro with Eddie Hearn after landing Olympic bronze in 2016. That would be Boatsy. Richard concedes that his opponent uh, has the pedigree, uh, but he's done the harder yards in the paid ranks to date, and that will be the difference on the night. He said, it's an exciting fight. He's been talked about as being the guy in the division, but I believe I've earned my place as the guy in the division. People base that for him off speculation and for me off my wins. The talking is over now, and we'll see who's number one. He did well as an amateur around the world, and in the Olympics, you can't argue with that. Are those skills transferable to the pros? He was tipped to be one of the fighters that cropped the Olympics to do the big things as a professional. I've jumped to the deep waters and I've proved myself. I've been the underdog time and time again. We're yet to see that from Josh. There hasn't been a fight he's been in that anyone said, this is a 50-50 fight. I think Josh could lose this fight. Talking about who has a better CV, he's unbeaten, but I've had the hard fights. He's had the amateur pedigree and he's been guided into a safer journey. He's earned that right, of course, but with me, I've had to jump right in, sink or swim, and he's played it safe. But the safety cap is off now. <laughs> All right, so we look forward to that uh, result. As I said, that fight taking place this Saturday in London. Uh, Split T management uh, sent a note regarding four of their fighters who they're pretty proud of over this past weekend who had uh, knockouts, and uh, they wanted me to make mention of these names, so I will. On Friday night, as we all know, Sonny Conto, not that why we know, because he was featured as the Knockout of the Week uh, award given out by Cedric Ben and Mike Orr this past Sunday. Anyway, on Friday night, Sonny Conto remained undefeated with a third-round stoppage over Justin Rolfe in a scheduled six-rounder in their heavyweight bout in front of a packed crowd in the Parks Casino in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. Uh, Conto, by the way, is promoted by top rank. Also on Friday night in Sacramento, junior lightweight Kevin Montano stopped veteran Corbin Page in the opening round of their scheduled four-rounder. Montano is now 3-0 with two knockouts. Saturday night in Newark, New Jersey, Brian Caballo remi- remained undefeated with a six-round stoppage over Gerald Shirell. Caballo, who was making his 2022 debut, took apart Shirell, who appeared on the latest edition of The Contender, and finished him off uh, at two minutes, 10 seconds, in round six of their scheduled eight-rounder. With the win, the New York native raises his mark to 13-0 with seven knockouts. Uh, Caballo, by the way, is promoted by 360 Promotions. On that same card at the Robert Treat Hotel, welterweight Kashad Elliott scored his second consecutive knockout when he took out Trey Martin in round number one. Elliott battered Martin until the bout was stopped at 2 minutes 53 seconds. And the Plainsfield, New Jersey native is now 2-0 with two knockouts. Oh, good for him. Alrighty. Congrats to those uh, split team uh, management group before, and I look forward to seeing more from them. Elsewhere, over in Milan, Italy, we saw a fight on Friday night at the Alliance Cloud uh, featuring Giovanni Di Calvers against Daniel Scardina. Former WBA World Super Middleweight Champion Giovanni Di Carellis dominated WBO Intercontinental Champion Daniel Scardini for five rounds at the Alliance Cloud in Milan, Italy, in front of 5,000 fans with about a thousand of them coming from Rome to support the Carolus. 
was promoted by Opie since uh, 82 and Matchroom Design streamed the show live. Um, DeGarlis attacks Gardini from the beginning, won every round, drops Gardini at the end of the fourth round and dropped him again at the start of the fifth. The referee had no choice but to stop the action. Now DeCarlis moved to 31, 10, and 1 with 15 knockouts, while Scardini goes to 20 and 1 with 16 knockouts. Scardini was number 10 in the WBO rankings, and now that position should go to DeCarlis. Good stuff. In, in the main supporting bout, European Super Bantamweight champion Mary Romero defeated on points Maria Kecci. The fight was disappointing for the two competitors, as for the fans, with a lot of rough action, including a headbutt by Chucky. Hmm. Another action on that card, welterweight uh, Luis Romero, who's from Venezuela, is now 11-5-1. He defeated in seven rounds Maxime Prodan from Ukraine, who's now 19-2-1. Cruiserweight Oranzo Barati defeated on points of Rudio Inachi. Middleweight Joshua Nimino beat out on points Gabor Gobricks. And debuting super middleweight Daniel Reggie beat by technical knockout Luca Barbesi. Good stuff going on uh, in Italy. All right. But, ooh, now taking uh, place in Turkey, in Istanbul. We saw the Frenchman Murad Aliyev go toe-to-toe -to -toe against Mirko Tintor. At 26 years of age, Murad Aliyev moved to 4-0 with two knockouts as a professional with a second-round stoppage of Mirko Tintor, who's now 16-6-1 with nine knockouts. Aliyev floored his rival twice before a third round, a third knockdown, forced the referee to step in and call the contest off with less than a minute remaining uh, in the round. Aliyev, known as the White Wolf, has now fought four times in seven months, and his contest in Turkey was a scheduled eight-rounder. Uh, by the end of his first year's pro, Aliyev will expect, will expect to be well-ranked in the sanctioning bodies, uh, ready for a title shot next year in 2023. Good for him. On Saturday, as you all know, on June 11th, a special performance uh, down in Atlanta at the center stage featuring uh, one of my favorite uh, boxers, Avril Maffey. And it's just been announced that uh, as part of this night of boxing, we're going to see an awful lot of rapping as well. Kind of sounds like a thriller event, quite frankly. Anyway, they're going to honor a, a rapper, um, a fellow by the name of King Vaughn, Devon Dacon Bennett, who lost his life to gun violence back in 2020. And this will be a tribute. Uh, and there'll be numerous rappers uh, at this event. Uh, and uh, they'll be presenting... Let's have a look. Boxing royalty will be present, remembering King Vaughn, gloves up and guns down. The show is, is promoted by Prestige Boxing Advisory Group in association with BFC, the last round promotions. I've mentioned all these names before who will be fighting on this fight, but as I said, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the outcome of Avril Mathy. And when I saw uh, that we had uh, a new press release, courtesy of our friends who are boxing 247, come on uh, in front of my uh, computer here, I thought it was going to be announcing finally who Avril Mathy would be fighting, but still, her uh, opponent is to be determined. Uh, as Avril Matthews fighting out of uh, Miami, courtesy of our native Australia, currently has a 7-0-1 record and, uh, and is looking to extend her knockout streak. Anyway, uh, onwards and upwards. Sonny Edwards is, check this out, 1 billion percent serious about challenging new world bantamweight champion Paul Butler. I, for one, have not heard that before. Anyone being 100, 1 
billion percent, sorry. But Edwards, the unbeaten flyweight title holder, doesn't believe Butler would accept the fight, even though Showtime would be moving up two weight divisions to make it happen. Edwards said, if I was Paul Butler, I'd stay every possible mile in the world away from me. <laughs> Butler has been elevated to full WBO World Bantamweight Champion after John Riel Casimero was stripped of the belt, having contravened weight-making uh, rules uh, in the build-up to his pro battle Liverpool fight. Jonas Sultan stepped in as a replacement, but found Butler, Butler in the form of his career as the Ellesmere Port fighter was one convincingly on points to take the interim title. So in a, po in a post on social media last week, Edwards threw his hat into the ring to be the opponent for Butler's first defense of his WBO crown, and the 26-year-old uh, has doubled down on his challenge to the new champion. Yet, the IBF king at 112 pounds is not convinced Butler and his team would be prepared to risk the title in the fight with him. He said, and I quote, I am 1 billion percent serious about fighting Paul Butler. I don't say things that don't mean not in boxing, not in my private life. It's a fight I'd be 100% confident with. It would be an inter-probellum fight. It would be an all-British world title fight. But I really couldn't see it happening, if I'm honest. Because if I was Paul Butler, I'd stay every possible mile in this world away from me. And I think that would be the response. I think Paul's coach, Joe Gallagher, is probably much smarter than that as well. But it's a fight that I would like. And it was never really on my radar until a few months ago when I got dragged into a back end, back and forth on Twitter with his dad. But Paul's a good fighter. Don't get confused. Uh, Edwards, by the way, has described Butler's victory over Sultan last month as a good win, but he believes he'd be too much for the bantamweight title holder. For me, Edwards concludes, there are two levels to boxing. It's a fight that allowed me to prove my uh, the mindset that I'm willing to go up and down in weights to where the fight makes sense. Well, good luck to Pro Bellum on that one. See what happens. All right, Anthony Yard, speaking of speakers. Anthony Yard said he's looking to destroy the winner out of the unification battle between Joe Smith Jr. and Artur Birbioff. That takes place in June in a week where he celebrates clocking up seven years as a professional boxer. Uh, the two light heavyweight champs put their WBO, WBC, and IBF belts on the line on June 18th in New York. And Yard is planning traveling over to Madison Square Garden to size up the, the opposition for his challenge that should come around later this year. I'm going to keep a close eye on it when they fight each other, and I'll be looking to destroy the winner, stated Yard, who feels his previous world title shot will stand in a good stead. I definitely feel in a better place. The reason I feel in a better place is because I've gained more experience, and I've been at that level before. I would say there's not much pressure, but there's always going to be pressure. I've got the experience, and with that said, I feel like I know, I know now what I need to do. Yard reason he has no regrets when sitting down with Deb Sonny on the Unibet lowdown to lock back, to look back on his seven years as a professional boxer. Uh, you can see the entire uh, um, interview with him and what Yard has to say uh, regarding his next chapter or how he sees his next chapter in his fight career evolving because he's had his ups and downs uh, prior to COVID and during COVID. And it'll be interesting to see where Anthony Yard finishes up after that battle takes place in June. All right, final story of the day. Let's fly over to um, Istanbul, Turkey again, where USA Boxing Board of Directors member Elise Signol was recently voted as one of the 10 new independent directors of the IBA Board of Directors after earning the most votes of all candidates during the final day 
of the IBA Extraordinary Congress held in Istanbul, Turkey. I am grateful for all the support. However, there's a lot of work to be done, stated Signal. I feel like this is a huge win with the top three board of directors that were voted on uh, because there are females uh, at the World's Women's World Championships. This represents the start of a change in leadership and culture. Said Mike McAtee, USA Boxing Board of Directors, uh, Elise is uniquely qualified to be an independent board of director for IBA. Her finance background will be invaluable in helping IBA with financial accountability and transparency. Also, her energy, business knowledge, ability to connect with people, and her boxing tenacity will all be used to make a difference in helping change the leadership and culture of Olympic-style boxing. The election for the board of directors saw the following candidates elected. Elise Signol of the USA, 106 votes. Pearl Diamani out of Ezewatkini, 88 votes. And Belhad Abujuad out of Morocco with 82 votes. Christy Harris out of Australia with 84 votes. Susanna Toth out of Hungary, 71 votes. Marta Forsen Kalani out of Spain with 63 votes. Vladimir Podoyevis out of Ukraine, 76 votes. Yusef Al-Kazim out of Qatar, 71 votes. Jacqueline Zhu out of China, 69 votes. And Dion Gomez out of Sri Lanka with 69 votes. Out of 155 voting national boxing federations, signals 106 votes with 68% of the nation's voting in her favor. Congratulations to her. Congratulations to the uh, IBA for continuing to make changes and improvements. And let's hope that the they can continue to be successful and get Olympics, uh, the Olympic Committee to recognize uh, all those changes and all those improvements and get the Olympic boxing back into the shape that it used to be. All right, that's all the news I've had to, I've had to report for you today. Thank you for joining me. Appreciate it. Remember to like, share, subscribe with that notification bell. I'll see you later on today at 4 p.m. for my core at 4 uh, when he joins Cedric Ben for Knuckle Up. Bye-bye.